0: Hello there gentle listener and welcome to the year 2022 I wish I had better news for you like a new show but instead I only have a clip show that's right this is the rest of the best of the fast Fives from 2021 and I hope they please your ear holes unlike the full episode that we will be bringing back to you next week. Again, this is Uber Cinco, the podcast game show where we deep dive top fives, which we will get back to next week. But in the meantime, enjoy these sultry fast fives.
1: Top five bands that share a name with a horse. Number five, Don Juan Dooby <laughs> Weed! Oh, yeah! Number four. <laughs> kissing george was one of america's premier horses w- w- wikipedia said um now this year's a uh, name with a band uh, of course but their recent album wet lips lumpy butt didn't pan out <laughs> according to critics number three <laughs> clever hans famously a smart horse now this brooklyn uh clever band name uh, was like peak you know brooklyn-y uh but they decided to remove the d from it um uh, which was a problem because they found out they shared the same name with uh, the premier German comedy king of sauerkraut pun comedy. Uh, and people just found the comedian way too easily <laughs> on Spotify. Uh, they never found ubiquitous uh, fame because of that. So sorry, Clever Hans. Okay, number two, Hoop Jr., 1945, can <laughs> Kentucky Derby winner. Now, Hoop was a former Coke and Love funk band of the late 70s, headlined by ABA players in their offseason. But when they finally sobered up, opened their eyes and realized the money was gone, it was the late 80s. That's when they put their funk to work to teach kids about Ronald Reagan, consumerism, and the healthy fear of computers. Hoop Jr. Number one. (laughs) One cool cat. This was the Cartier champion two-year-old colt in 2003 for you horse nuts out there. But this band is your friend Kyle's dad, Jerry. He's finally dusted off his keyboard and harmonica and is shooting his shot at stardom. He's not on Spotify just yet, but he's got a file he can link you on. And that's my top five (laughs) bands that
2: share a name with a horse. I am going to reveal the definitive list of the top five guys of all time. Here it is. (laughs) top five guys
1: wait hold on hold on nathan can i just say we played action figures as kids we always called it guys we're gonna play guys we always say so yeah. this is actually oh, incredible
2: so if, this if weird, on play, this list, you've won so let's play guys this is, this, is the, this is the most epic game of guys we're ever gonna play the top five guys of all time number five guy fox remember remember the 5th of november on November 5th, Guy Fox was arrested at the Houses of Parliament in London, where he had helped set up massive explosives in an attempt to assassinate King James I. Citizens were encouraged to celebrate by lighting bonfires across the city, a tradition that carries on to this day. However, <laughs> masks of his likeness, made famous in the graphic novel and film V for Vendetta, are a symbol of anti-established protests everywhere. Was he a terrorist, or was he, as he was described by one historian, the last man with honest intentions to enter Parliament? I don't have the answers. I can only say, what a guy. (laughs) Number four. (laughs) Number four, Guy Lombardo. This affable band leader provided many hits and wholesome New Year's Eve entertainment live on TV and radio for over five decades. If subdued crooning and rooms of sterile white people dancing doesn't set your toes (laughs) a tapping, how about this? This guy was also a champion hydroplane racer, winning every trophy available in the sport, only retiring at age 57 after surviving a crash while attempting to break the absolute water speed record traveling at over 250 miles per hour.
0: Whoa.
2: Yeah. All you can say is, that's a hell of a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, that one guy, you know... Ah, that, that that guy. You remember he was that guy who was always running around with that what's her name and and we met them at the party at that other guy's house and he always wore that hat. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. No, 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 not him, the other guy. Yeah. Yeah, that one guy. <laughs> Number 2. Guy Fieri. <laughs> Make fun of the hair all you want. Make fun of the gaudy, kitschy, oversized, button-up, short sleeve shirts that make him look as someone once described him to me as the guy who looks like he's perpetually on his way to a bowling alley. But (laughs) did you know he was responsible for raising over $20 million for unemployed workers in the service industry during the COVID-19 pandemic? What a great guy. Wow. Number one, Five Guys Burgers. This fast, casual burger chain has enjoyed so much success that our number two on this list himself would even be envious. Then-President Barack Obama even took fellow lawmakers out to lunch at a Washington, D.C. Five Guys location in 2011. And what an unbelievable slogan. Five Guys, when four guys simply aren't enough.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Brian, Brian, be the wind under my fucking wings, not the spit
0: in my face. You fucking fuck. Goddamn it. I am so sorry. <laughs> uh, but we cannot leave. That's the game. We can't leave today, though, until I reveal my fast five top five worst states. Number five being catatonic. Is there anything worse than just being absolutely immobile? Yes, there is, because I have four more on my list. Number four, State Farm. I really don't have that big of an issue with them, but I still have to pay you every goddamn month, even when I don't do anything wrong and I don't like it. Sorry. Number three, having a state of mind. Nothing ever good comes out of determined folks looking to make others think like them. Get out of your state of mind. Bad. Number two. (laughs) When the British say a mess is a state. Oh, this room is such a state. Get off your goddamn high horse and call it a mess and get out of here. Go home. Number one. Indiana. And that's this week's edition of Uber Cinco.
1: And now it's time for the host. To do their fast five, and the host is me, guys, Mitch Brinkman. So here it is: <laughs> top five signs a Minnesotan. I'm from Minnesota, by the way, St. Paul, Minnesota, born and raised, uh, proud of it. Here we go: top five signs a Minnesotan is hitting on you. Sorry, I, I, I read that poorly. Is hitting on you, not hitting you with their fist, but like you know, they're they're they're. they're Top five signs a Minnesotan is coming on to you. I'll say that.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, Uh, no. Come on. Sorry. That was not on purpose. This is episode 69. So please watch (laughs) the.
1: Okay. Here we go. Top five signs a Minnesotan is interested in you romantically. Here we go. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Number five. They snowblow your front walk without asking and then after bring it to your attention rather than doing the pious thing and just going back inside without basically saying they want to fuck. Number four. (laughs) (laughs) They stare firmly into your eyes, take out their wallet, unbutton their top button, and then ask to split a bucket of Sweet Martha's Cookies at the state fair. (gasps) Number three. They won't mention it's their first time eating Thai food after you invite them out on a date to Taste the Thailand, St. Paul's number one Thai eatery. Number two. (laughs) (laughs) While drinking outside at a winter party, they'll unzip their parka three quarters down for a couple of minutes at a time so you can see what their chest looks like. And number one. On the top five ways you can tell a Minnesotan is really trying to get with you. Number one, after six dates, they'll invite you up north to their uncle's cabin. And yeah, their folks might be there too, but they also might be at their friend's cabin over in Wisconsin that weekend instead. So you accept the invitation, even though it feels a little early to potentially meet the family. Anyways, on your lunch break, you pop into Nordstrom Rack and end up finding a clearance deal on a smart looking bathing suit and cashmere blend sweater that would be great for out on the dock at night. You start to actually look forward to it. Uh, some on the Wednesday before, but you're still nervous. You haven't played enough trick-based card games yet to keep up with their family at this point. (laughs) Thursday night arrives and their uncle calls you in a panic. They're already up at the cabin and they thought they had enough mayo up there. They really did. They're not trying to put you out or anything like that, but would it be too much trouble to pick up some mayonnaise on the way? No problem, you say, easy, I got you. They mention quickly before leaving the call that Costco has a sale until Friday. You don't shop at Costco though, so you think nothing of it. Before you hop on the highway, you make a stop and pick up a jar of mayonnaise. Traffic is light on the way up. I mean, it's Minnesota for Christ's sake. There's never really traffic, so stop complaining about it, mom and dad. Um, you arrive at the beautiful <laughs> cabin on Lake Mille Lacs. Everyone but cousin Garrett is there already. You drop your bags in your room and bring the bag of mayo into the kitchen and leave it on the counter. The aunt stops dead in her tracks, staring at it. She looks at you back at the mayo as if you've got another trick up your sleeve. A smile widens on her face. Her eyes beg for more. There's the mayo you say as she busts out laughing calling the rest of the family into the kitchen this is when you find out their parents did end up making it now the hellos do you hug do you shake do you one-armed hug oh god someone wants to bump it aunt says that's all the mayo isn't that cute we'll need more the whole family (laughs) guffaws together leaving you warming and silent after her laughter dies down their mom provides everyone relief and says she came prepared there's an extra two gallon in the trunk Your partner gives you a quick hug and informs you, we're making multiple salads this weekend. That leader would have been gone like that. The snap of their fingers breaks you out of a trance. Who are these people? Why are these people? You're told, it's okay. You had no idea. We're willing to forgive you. You've been given a second chance after you grossly miscalculated the amount of mayonnaise you'd need. And that's when you know, a Minnesotan really wants to get in your long underwear. And that's this week's edition of Uber Synco.
2: My top five ways my apartment is messy. And boys, I'm gonna gonna need your help on this. Just follow my lead, I think you'll know what to do. Okay. Number five. My apartment is so messy. How how
0: messy? messy
2: is it? It's so messy that when friends dropped in for a surprise visit and saw the state of my living room, I had to call 911 and report a burglary just to cover my tracks. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Hello.
1: Where's that rim Num- shot? Get that rim shot in
2: <laughs> Number four, my apartment is so messy. How,
1: how messy, messy is, is it?
2: it? It's so messy that when I was looking for my lost car keys in the bedroom, I found the car instead.
0: <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> Woo.
2: Number three, my apartment is so messy.
0: How messy? How messy is it?
2: It's so messy. When my friend asked to borrow a winter coat, they were shocked that the first place I looked wasn't the closet, but this crisper drawer in the fridge. And I was right. (laughs) 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 Number two, my apartment is so messy.
1: How, How messy, messy is, is, it? is it?
2: It's so messy <laughs> that you are dirtier after you get out of the shower than when you got in.
0: Ooh, that's scummy, oh, baby.
2: <laughs> and number one, my apartment is so messy.
1: How, messy, How is messy
2: is
0: it? It's
2: so messy that if I died, my family would be sad. But they'd be more sad when they came to get my stuff and saw how I'd lived.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> darn!
1: <laughs> Make a crime show about it! Yeah.
0: Of course, we can't leave today without listening to My Fast Five, which of course is the top five nicknames for your shovel. Number five. <laughs> problem remover. Uh, Have someone that's a little bit too close to the truth grab your trusty problem remover and get to the bottom of it. Number four, old Betsy, because you used it to bury grandma. Number three, hatchet job. This nickname has a double meaning. One, it throws your enemy off your scent as they think you're talking about your axe. But your shovel did do a horrible job dicing up Betsy. Number two, Corky. Oh. That is right, corky. Because of that time, you got really good with a lathe, and you were able to cork the shaft of your shovel to make it more aerodynamic. Solid ingenuity. And number one, shovely. Because honestly, you just love your shovel. That's this week's edition of Wooper Cinco.
1: Now it's time for the Fast Five, boyos. Here we go. The Fast Five today. Top five. Tiffany & Co items for that special someone. Do you guys both know what Tiffany is? I am mm. gonna ask that up top.
0: We are aware, yes. Okay, classic. Overpriced jewelry, got it. No,
1: no, uh-uh, no, 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 a a classic American brand. Yes, with Tiffany blue. Okay, number five, the Tiffany Save the Wild lion brooch 18k rose gold with round brilliant diamonds this two inch tall brooch of a proud african lion is for the nature lover in your life help save the lions by wearing this brooch to your cousin's spring brunch where you can make it clear how awful that one dentist from minnesota was for killing cecil knowing full well <laughs> tiffany and co has your back in saving the wild Serengetis and its apex predator the tiffany lion brooch it roars back at the world that you care but lets you off the hook for having to go and do something the Lion brooch, a perfect Thanksgiving gift, is yours now for $2,900. Number four, Ooh. the Airplane Bank. Every young boy in your life wanted to be a pilot at some point, right? There's no better feeling than the independence and freedom of the skies. But every little future pilot has to start somewhere. So start them here as Tiffany baby designs bring a modern twist to classic toys and childhood favorites. Crafted of sterling silver with striking attention to detail, this airplane bank makes a charming first savings account. Teach the boy in your life who only wants wings, the value of a dollar and a hard day's work with a spirited change bank. Land it in his hangar for only thirty two hundred dollars. Number three. The American Walnut Sugar Shovel. Everyone knows somebody who just can't get enough java. Brian, Brian, you know what I'm talking about. And the Tiffany blue accent adds a whimsical touch to the sterling silver and American Walnut Sugar Shovel. Perfect for shoveling that sweet, sweet white or raw sugar into your morning go juice. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Who wants a cup of hot java? I'll take it sweet, please. And how sweet this sugar shovel is, a true heritage bargain at $200. Number two the sterling silver tin can got an architect in your life that desperately needs a random can to put pens and pencils in then the (laughs) tiffany sterling silver tin can is perfect for your gifting needs for the person who knows tin cans exist but aren't sure if they've ever had food out of one before the tiffany tin (laughs) can comes with a thin blue line no not that one to let you know it's (laughs) tiffany bring this pencil home to your friend's penthouse for a measly eleven hundred dollars but wait wanted to say archibald's pens on the side custom engraving only requires an appointment with a style consultant and 125 dollars number one on the top five tiffany items for that special someone the sterling silver greenhouse got a green thumb love the idea of growing your own tomatoes perhaps you can't get enough basil in your chef prepared italian pasta dishes you know like spaghetti then the Tiffany greenhouse just might be the perfect icebreaker for all those conversations. Built over the course of nine months and nearly 1,000 hours in the Tiffany Holloware workshop, this luxurious design brings unexpected Tiffany style to any space. Time-honored smithing techniques and cutting edge technology combined to transform a utilitarian item into a modern work of art. Standing at almost 18 inches high and nearly 27 <laughs> inches long, this <laughs> gleaming greenhouse will make your polo club friends ask, Is that a small replica of a larger greenhouse? And you'll (laughs) smile back as you spin around with your Boulevardier cocktail saying, why yes it is, isn't it resplendent? (laughs) The famous Lothario, Mitch Brinkman, just gave it to me uh, to celebrate my COVID booster shot. But aren't you not eligible for that yet? The polo friends will ask. You'll drain the liquor from your gold-lined coupe glasses, you say with a grin, and it only cost him $275,000. That's less than my five years at Vassar. And that's this week's edition of Ubersinko.
2: <laughs> the top five mistakes that you have made in the last 24 hours. Number five, leaving your reusable grocery bags at the bottom of the cart, piling $300 worth of groceries on top of them that will have to rung up before you can start bagging. Not helpful. Number four, telling <laughs> the 22-year-old film student intern that they should write a pilot script about your office. Yeah. The nation is clamoring to know more about the antics of Marge and accounting and your tenuous relationship with IT. Move over, Dwight Schrute. Number three, (laughs) ordering a plain potato salad instead of mustard potato salad. You have one life, time is finite, and this is how you are spending it? Number two, marrying for money, not love. Loneliness and regret will find you, even at the second lake house. And number one, naming your daughter Caitlin, spelled... K-E-I-G-H-T-L-Y-N-N-E. Jesus fucking Christ. And that's this week.
0: My Fast Five is going to be the top five names for your dojo. No shit. of course are only Americanized karate studios run by white guys that really love Cobra Kai. (laughs) Number five, House of the Kneeling Dragon. It sounds so cool on paper. But when the first student asks why a powerful dragon has to kneel, you get to say, Drop and give me 50, because you're the boss. Number four <laughs> Roaring Eagle Martial Arts and UPS Drop Off. Oh, yes. Class signups are down, and you know what? UPS makes it easy for you to scan and earn. Number three. <laughs> Full life energy wellness and front kick society. We tried to be holistic, but sometimes violence is the answer. Number two, screaming banshee jujitsu. <laughs> Chicago's premier loudest dojo. Number one, tiger roar, dragon wing, bear claw, and rabinowitz. <laughs> Jojo Masters and Attorneys at Law. <laughs>
3: uh, so, just to mm. remind the audience, this is the Fast Five or the Top Five musical genres from my Spotify Wrapped year in music. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. So ready. Number five: Doo Doo Core, like music made <laughs> to get you shaking that ass on the dance floor, except for the toilet. <laughs> Number four, shrieking. Ah! I don't know, man. Something about 2021 made listening to the sounds of unmitigated human agony just feel relatable. (laughs) Number three, prog slop. Bands that try are so 2010s. I'll take my prog rock made by a group of barely conscious Brooklyn vegans so overcome by ennui that they can barely be bothered to wake up, let alone learn how to play. (laughs) Number two, Gorth. (laughs) No, not goth. Gorth. Move over, Chris Gaines. The man, the myth, the legend, Garth Brooks has reinvented himself yet again. And this time, he's blazed a whole new musical subgenre in the process. Half country, half dank corner of an illegal industrial rave. All American. (laughs) And my number one... Genre uh, from my Spotify wrapped list this year is (laughs) (laughs) post-ass. Eating ass was all the rage in 2021, but in 2022, we're going heavy on naval play. And this (laughs) musical genre is all you need for your umbilical adventures and lovemaking this coming year. (laughs) Forget thumping bass or skittering hi hats. This torso centric genre of post ass is all about that pillowy mid range. So leave your hangups at the door, trash your subwoofers and bust out that belly shirt because in 2022, we go in post ass.
2: And now all that is left is my fast five. And today's fast five is dedicated to the memory of Charlie Watts. Now on a previous episode we talked about historical time periods we would like to visit and on my list was Swinging London of the late 60s. A lot of the culture from that has led a lot to, uh, has meant a lot to me over the years. Uh, it has to do with the music of the Beatles, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, and Money Python, et cetera. These things have uh, been a big part of my life, but I never got to experience while the Beatles were active or when Led Zeppelin was active or uh, all those bands. But I got to be a part of the Rolling Stones experience for uh all of my life so far and they were my conduit into all the rest of that stuff so they meant a lot to me so i was very sad to hear that charlie watts passed this week so my uh charlie watts in memory of top five is wild drummer stories here we go number five this is a cheat but i couldn't leave it out this story was told by simon kirk who was the drummer for bad company so he's at a party at Friar park which is a sprawling estate owned by george harrison doorbell rings and there's a delivery a guy in like a real fancy delivery man outfit, sort of an old timey thing. And he hands uh, a solid gold telegram that's engraved with congratulations on selling your billionth record. George Harrison just sets it aside and says, that'll make a good paperweight and goes back to playing his guitar. (laughs) Number four is John Bonham's bananas. John Bonham was a nutcase, and it's hard to pick one story to include from him on this list, but how about this one? The only time Led Zeppelin cut a concert short was in 1980, when Bonham could only make it through three songs. The official report from the band, Bonham was sick after eating 27 bananas. (laughs) Is that what really happened? If you believe that, I've got some wooden drumsticks to sell you. Oh, wait, drumsticks are made of wood. That joke doesn't work. Anyway, number three, Ginger Baker. Ginger Baker was a nutcase. And if you want to see his insanity on full display, watch the truly bizarre and wildly entertaining documentary, Beware of Mr. Baker. Baker was notoriously hard to get along with, and none of his bands lasted more than a couple of years due to his conflicts with band members. Bassist Jack Bruce was a particularly favorite target of Baker's outbursts, but for some reason, they managed to be in three bands together. The highlight of their time together is no doubt when tensions were so high that Baker actually pulled a knife on Jack Bruce on stage. They did, of course, work together again. Number two, <laughs> Moon the Loon's Trousers. Keith Moon is a nutcase. We could do a whole episode with two top five lists of Keith Moon's debauchery, but I'm going to choose this cute little story. Mood would enlist a friend to go into London clothing stores, and the two would try on one pair of pants at the same time, each stuffing themselves into one pant leg. Uh, then the sales <laughs> staff would would gather around them, trying to tell them to stop. But uh, Moon was a force of nature. He was going to keep going. And so they would, the two of them just piling into a size 32 pair of jeans. And eventually it would split in two. But Moon had planted his chauffeur who would just be around the corner. And he would waltz in right at the key moment and ask if they sold single pairs of, uh, single legged pairs of pants. And then he would pay full price and walk out with them. So no harm done. That's the only (laughs) the only Keith Moon story I found where the last part is no harm done. Uh, (laughs) And number one is, of course, reserved for Charlie Watts. One night on tour, Mick Jagger goes out to the bars and he has a long night. He comes back at about three in the morning, He comes into the hotel. He's holding court. He's got all kinds of fans and hangers on uh, around him. He goes to the hotel desk. He makes them give them the phone, and he repeatedly calls up to Charlie Watt's room where Charlie is sleeping. Finally, Charlie answers. Mick says, "Where's my drummer?" <laughs> Was that a passable Mick impression?
0: <laughs> we'll let it slide. That's a good. One.
2: Where's my drummer? <laughs> Charlie hangs up the phone. He gets up. He shaves. He gets dressed. He puts on a suit. He shines his shoes. He combs his hair. Takes the elevator down to the lobby. Marches straight across his crowd parts like the Red Sea and Charlie punches Mick Jagger straight in the face and says never call me your drummer, you're my fucking singer.
0: Uh, we can't leave today uh, without going over my fast five, which of course is the top five worst ranks of nobility to have. Number five. The Baron of Plastron. <laughs> now, if you came... If you came from a line of barrel makers, we'd call you Cooper. If you could forge metal, we'd call you Smith. But your snooty ass family only makes breast shields for fencers. It's not even real swashbuckling. So you're the Baron of Plastron. It is a real (laughs) word. Get cultured, you peasant. Number four. Duchess Deborah of Dictatorium Oh no Your bloodline is filled with useless Failed musicians And you only became noble after the monarchy Purchased the land your factory was on That makes the Dictatorium A silent piano for practicing It makes no noise It just absorbs your touch without reciprocating love Just like your cold hearted mother But that's because <laughs> she's been dead in the shed For a shallow fortnight oh God. Number three. <laughs> The Viscount of Brackle Bridge. That's right. You never made it to Earl status. You're just a Viscount because of your uncontrollable grip. You had one job to deliver bread and cakes, but you shattered every loaf and cake that came through your service. To Brackle is to break, just like the crumbling bridge that leads to your gate. Number two, <sighs> the xenophobic Earl of Three Acre Lot. You are a humble Earl and love your three acre plot. It's just enough for you, but you don't dream bigger because you're afraid of being jealous. If you have more than three acres, you'll have to converse with other people that have more than three acres. If you meet someone with five acres, how are you going to feel better to just accept your three acres and move on? (laughs) Number one, the Marchioness of Munchtown. Oh, man, you are a badass bitch. You killed your husband, the Marcus, and now no one suspects you. But you are a noble woman with rank above a countess, viscountess, and a baroness. But your husband owned Munchtown. You could not have inherited a worse named town. And now you are stuck with the Marchioness of Munchtown. That is the worst <laughs> <laughs> ranks of nobility.
1: It's time. Fast five list. Here we go. Top five reasons To put your fist in your mouth. Number five. So there's no room for your foot. (laughs) All right. Number four. (laughs) You accidentally swallowed a large format ice cube that's now lodged. Isn't melting fast enough and it's past your uvula. So just like when you're at the homecoming dance and Kelly said no. So you had to robot back to the snack table. Chief, it's time to save yourself. Number three. (laughs) <laughs> you just slipped out Winnie the Pooh's back window after ransacking the place and it's time to get rid of the evidence number two <laughs> <laughs> it's become monotonous putting it in the soft plaster wall where you hung those shelves to display the trophies you never won Oh, and number one on the top five reasons to put your fist in your mouth your butt got dull and that's this week's episode <laughs> of Uber Sinko
2: <laughs> and that leaves us back with my fast five the top five job interview questions of all time number five do you have a criminal record and if so which crime was the most fun number four (laughs) are those chocolate covered almonds in your breast pocket can i have a handful number three (laughs) be honest do i come off as too needy number two is freedom a transcendental idea, which is mainly empirical, whether a faculty of beginning a series of successive things or states from itself is to be assumed or is the practical concept of freedom, the independence of our will from the coercion and necessitation through sensuous impulses. Number one, who are you? How did you get in here? And why are you wearing my pants?
0: (laughs) And of course we cannot leave today without the fast five which is my long-drawn top five items I order on top of my drive through order to hold me over on the drive home. <laughs> number five. At Taco Bell, an extra cinnamon twist mm. to give my hand something to search for while I keep my eyes on the road. I can't have just one. All right. Number four. At Culver's, an extra small cheese curd. Yes, I know I already got cheese curd upgrade with my meal, but those are finger foods, easy to nibble while driving home. So, yes, I got another order so that when I get home to actually enjoy the cheese curds alongside my Butter Burger, instead of looking at the empty bag and wondering what could have been. Number three. Any Chicagoan that's ever passed a Portillo's drive through knows that line is always wrapped around the block. That's why I order an extra hot dog with ketchup and onion to gobble down because I got more hungry in that wait. It's just <laughs> science. Number two. While in line at Wendy's, I get an extra double stack and a four piece nugget. All right. Those little burgers might as well be a slider from White Castle. They're so little. So it's just a snack. They barely wet my whistle and everyone knows a four piece nugget is equivalent to taking a handful of nuts at the bar while you're waiting for your entree. Boom. A double stack and a nugget kept me calm. Now I can tear into that triple patty burger meal when I get home. (laughs) Number one. At McDonald's, make sure you get a large high C and an extra McChicken. This is on a day where I'm dehydrated, but still too depressed to drink any water to cure it. <laughs> so I will suckle down the. High... <laughs> so I will suckle down a high C to quench my thirst. So the dot large diet Coke I also got isn't touched until I sit with my meal. But of course, after you drink that high C, you're hungry, so you gotta slam a McChicken to get me to my meal. <laughs> And that's this week's edition of Seco. fresh from his most recent stint off Broadway, where he played Gingy, the ginger beer addicted ginger who only cooks with ginger. Has been.
1: Mitch, bring it, Brian, You should go to places that are closer to your house. I think maybe I think that's what the issue is here. They're still pretty close. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and still behind the shed with old play plays and corn husking lotion has been...
2: Nathan Hennenfett. <laughs> I just... I, I, I remember to take the hook off this time. <laughs> and I have been... <laughs> that, that joke is going to kill in Warren County. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 oh, God, <laughs> and I have been Brian Herbst in his Miss there he goes. There he goes. <laughs> and as Bisbear always says, don't worry about the thickness of your coat. We all mature in our own time. be Vita Zane. You've just listened to Uber Cinco, a production of UBK Studios. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your fine podcasts from.
1: If you like what you hear and want to support the show, please visit our Patreon site at patreon.com slash ubkstudios. Every little bit helps us keep the lights on and the bill collectors at bay.
2: Keep tabs on us on all the social media at ubkstudios, and most importantly, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can see that we really are just a bunch of good Midwestern boys.